running away from people now. 20, 10, and gone. Moniel, 67-yard touchdown run. I've got reporters' <laughs> notebooks older than Seth. Fati was always soft. Can't uh, win on the road, they say. <laughs> DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown and the ball game. DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. This is Orange Nation brought to you by Charles Heating and Air Conditioning with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation, and we've got a jam-packed show for you. Three guests lined up. We've got our good friend Stephen Bailey from Syracuse.com set to join us uh, in about 20 minutes to talk Q's football. Floyd Little, the Hall of Famer, joins us at the top of hour number two, as he does at that time every Tuesday. And then Major Leaguer Tim LaCastro, Auburn High School grad, Ithaca College grad, and now in the major leagues, plays you're for the a, Arizona Diamondbacks. You're a proud bomber. Yeah, go Bombers. Uh, he'll be on at 1.30. He's back in town uh, being honored in the fine city of Auburn. And uh, we'll talk about his season. We'll certainly preview the World Series. Game one tonight. Another local kid, Patrick Corbin, expected to start game four on Saturday. He'll be available out of the bullpen tonight. So a lot to get to on the show today. Plus your phone calls welcome at any time. 315 437 7644. Let's start with with SU football since we have Stephen Bailey coming up uh, in about 20 minutes from now. We'll we'll certainly talk baseball. We can talk some college basketball as the show moves along. John Wallace will have his jersey retired. That came out after our show uh, yesterday. So we'll get into that uh, later on. But let's start with Q's football. Um, we really broke down the pit game yesterday. The you know the good, the bad, the ugly, and there was plenty of bad and ugly from the pit game on Friday night. Um, where do they go from here? Because we, we broke down what happened. We, we, we have been breaking down what's been happening um, you know, since the start of the season. And, and you look at what they've done against Power 5 competition. It hasn't been pretty. Uh, 0-3 in conference play. You had the Maryland game in there. They're only averaging about 14 points per game against Power 5 opponents. The offense has been struggling. The O-line has been abysmal. Uh, the defense, for the most part, has been playing good. Um, but now they've got to go up against two really good running backs in, in, in back-to-back weeks uh, with Florida State and, and Boston College. So where does this team go from here? And and what is realistic at this stage of the 2019 season for this team to get accomplished? To me, that's the the overriding question for the rest of this season. Is this team good enough the rest of the way to win three games, go three and uh three and two the rest of the season? Can they can they find a way to get to three and two and get to a bowl game? Because uh you know, we said before the season, hey, we think eight wins. We said, hey, if you get seven, at least you would feel like, or, or you you certainly said that. I, I was kind of more on the fence seven or eight. But you certainly said, hey, if you get seven, you at least still feel good about where you that are That felt as like a the baseline to me. If you get to six, uh, I, I think that before the year, both of us would have seen that as a disappointment. Now, at this point, if you get to six, that would be, uh, you know, given where you are now on October 22nd, that would be seen as a as an accomplishment Given where this season was, you know, if, if you were to say today, hey, how big of a deal would it be for you to go three and two and get to six wins? That would feel like a pretty big accomplishment. And I think that right now that's where Syracuse is, because the one thing that I don't think they can do, Steve, is I don't think they can afford not to go to a bowl game this year. I think that you've got to keep that momentum going. You've got to find a way to do it. Um 
yeah, it would have been great to get seven or eight or nine wins or ten wins or eleven wins or however many you know people thought were possible. And and before the year, I think that there were a lot of people who legitimately thought, hey, eleven is a possibility. Uh, you know, not a good one, but a possibility. Uh, now you've just got to find a way to scratch and claw and get to six. You've got to find a way to three more games because if if you don't win three more games, if you don't go to a bowl game, then it will definitely feel like not only is air letting being let out of the balloon, like you're not pinching the end, you've just taken a needle to it and popped it. We said at the beginning of the season that there was a chance Syracuse would be an underdog against Clemson and there was a chance that they would be favored in every other game. That is certainly not happening. There's a chance they might not be favored again this season. They'll probably be favored, I would imagine, against Boston College at home. At home against Boston College. I would imagine. But, you know, BC just just beat up on NC State. Um, so maybe BC's a you know a little bit better than 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 we expected um, without Anthony Brown at that. There's a chance they might not be favored in any other game the rest of the way. And so that would leave them with Liberty, Holy Cross, Western Michigan, and maybe BC. So they went from potentially being favored in 11 games, 10 or 11 games, to being favored in four. I mean, that says a lot. It went downhill, and it went downhill quickly. And you said a moment ago that, you know, at the beginning of the season, if you had told fans 6-6 six and six in a bowl game, they would have been disappointed. But now you tell them 6-6 six and six in a bowl game, and you feel like that's an accomplishment. I understand what you're saying. At the end of the day, though, even if this team does get to 6-6 oh, six six in the no, bowl no, game, no, it's, it's going to feel like a disappointment. No, it's still a disappointment. No, I, I agree with you on that. I'm just saying, given where they are now yes. at the midway point, you, you would, would be you like, would, wow. You would sign got, up for that. <laughs> they managed to get three more wins. Look how terrible they've looked. And, and we and we talked about that right before the season started. And we said, you know, the question came up, would you sign for 8-4 and four, You know, before you even play any games? Would you sign up for 8-4 and four and take that? And we both said... No, I think you roll the dice. Like eight and four seems like kind of you know seven or eight wins is kind of like the baseline for this team. You know, it there's, could there's be the better. Po- there's the potential for more, and you would you would roll the dice. Well, what happens when you roll the dice is sometimes it goes in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. And and this one has not gone in their favor. So I guess I'll I'll throw the question to you, and I think it's an obvious answer. But if I said six and six right now, you're yes. jumping it. You're like, yes. where do I sign? Yes. Right? Absolutely. You know, I still think they could get to eight. So no, no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm jumping at that. I'm signing on the dotted line as fast as I possibly can. I think that's where it's gotten to uh, with, with this Syracuse football team. If you said, "Hey, they can get to six and six, uh, you've got to jump at that and say, "Yeah, great. Let, let's get to six and six. Let's let's go take our our bid to the Belk Bowl or to the Shreveport uh, Independence Bowl or whatever other thing we can get and and go and run." So in order to get to that number. And you laid it out. They got to go three and two. They only have two home games left. One's against BC, which is probably the quote unquote easiest game left on their schedule. The other one is against Wake Forest. And we've asked this question quite a bit, Seth. Who's the second best team in the conference? And we've gotten a lot of different answers, but a popular answer has been Wake Forest. That was my answer a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, and then they. Lost. I, I talked to Brent Axe about it yesterday, and and he said he said Wake Forest as well. He's concerned a little bit about the injury at quarterback, um, and, and he thinks that that Pittsburgh and Virginia are in the mix as well. I think it's Virginia. Um, but I, I think we're kind of splitting hairs between you know the Wakes and and Virginias and, and maybe even Pittsburghs of the world. Um, but you you have two games left at home. You've got BC, which is again arguably your your easiest game, quote unquote, left on the schedule. And then you've got Wake Forest, which is, is going to be one of your most difficult games. It might be the best opponent that's left on your schedule. I think Florida State is is more talented, is, but is not probably as good. more talented, and it's a road game. And I, I you know I I don't think Syracuse is winning this game um, on Saturday. Um, 
but Wake Forest might be the most complete team, might be the best team remaining on the schedule. So it, I guess my question to you is, if they're going to get to three, what wh- three? where are they getting three? BC and and what are the other two? Are you winning two games on the road? Are you are you assuming you're going to win both your games at home? That's an assumption yeah. that you're beating Wake Forest. I think Duke's got to be one of them. I think you could make a case that it's, know, it's BC, Duke, Duke, and Louisville. I think you can easily make that case. Yes, but again, Louisville went on the road and and beat Wake Forest, and they score a lot of points. They do now. Their defense isn't very good, but, but as we talked about on the show yesterday, is Syracuse really in a position to win a shootout? Like, if they play a game in the 40s, can Syracuse win that game? And that it sounds crazy to say that because if there's one thing we've known since Dino Babers has walked in the door here, it's that if they get into a shootout, they have a chance because that offense, they, they put up a ton of points. I mean, look at that pit game from a few years back, you know, 76-61 or whatever right. it was. Uh, they, they didn't win it, but but you can, you can get into a shootout with this team, and, and they can keep up. This offense can keep up, but this year's offense has not shown the ability to keep up. No, they've only shown that they can put points on the board twice. They they've only shown that ability in the yes, uh, Holy in the, Cross in, in the Western, Western Michigan, Michigan in the Holy Cross game, and even in the Holy Cross game, you're like, well, that wasn't great. Yeah, again, I'm not sure I would use that as, <laughs> as proof. No, but they still put up 41 points. Yeah, but, but it was Holy at, Cross. But you looked at that game and you're like, well, that wasn't that good. Uh, but to, you know, but that speaks to where the offense is this year. I mean, even against the Liberty team, and by the way, Liberty Liberty's having a nice season. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, you're you're talking about a team that had mostly FCS players, and you couldn't put up points you couldn't uh, you struggled at times to move the ball and we kind of chalk that up to well it's the first game let's see what happens uh you know that you know, that one may you know we keep going back to the Maryland game or to the, the Clemson game uh that one might have told us everything we had to know about this Syracuse team yeah but again we we had the, we had excuses early in the year right for this team we said well it's Liberty and they didn't know a lot about them and maybe they were looking past Liberty and and so on and so forth. And then Maryland, that was like the fluke game where you know everything went wrong early on. They dug themselves a hole and it snowballed out of control. And then it was Clemson, and well, you know, Clemson is Clemson. It, it, we kept providing this team with with excuses, and we would chalk it up to well, there's a reason for this, there's a reason for that. And then they beat Western Michigan and Holy Cross, and it wasn't overly impressive, but they got the job done in both those games. And, and I think really the last two weeks is where it, at least it's hit me, like slapped me square in the face that this offense is just simply not good. Yeah. And, and, you know, early on we certainly had red flags, but again, we just, we chalked it up to, well, DeVito's inexperienced as the starter and, you know, the offensive line is young and everybody's playing out of position because Sam Heckle's hurt now. And, you know, oh, well, Clemson is Clemson and, and and now all of a sudden, you know, you come back from the bye and the NC State and Pitt games, it, it just it's been a reality check, at least for me, that that this is what this offense is. No, it has been for me too. The the fact that they came out against two mediocre ACC teams and and put up the stinkers of of performances that they've put up. Uh, again, one more score in those games and they win both of them. One. Uh, you're not you're not saying hey you lost by 30 points but if your offense did anything you win you're you're legitimately saying in in both games if your offense did anything in the first half you win that game both of them um you know which is why again I'll go back to what Brian Ward said yesterday um and and again I'm paraphrasing but he said something along the lines of you know we had two games we let up 16 points and 27 points and and if we had just let up one fewer score we win and it it was just you know again that comment that that just you know it it stuck with me for for the reason that um, you're not talking about hey you lost the game forty five to thirty eight 
You're, you're talking about you lost the game 16 to 10. Like they did their job. They they did what they had to do in those two games. And and the offense is the one that that couldn't step up and and couldn't answer the call to go ahead uh, and put that team in position to win either time. It, it's time to yeah. It's it's time to say like you just said. The realization is this offense just isn't as good as we thought it would be. The average in those two games, obviously, if you do the math, twenty one and a half. It, it, this offense should be able to score more than twenty one points, and, Easy. and and they would be two and one in the conference right now. Um, and I think that that's that's really the disappointing thing is that you know yeah they lost to Clemson and they got off to a slow start and the Maryland game was a disaster but coming out of the bye week if they had their act together they would be two and one right now in the conference and they'd be looking at five and two and we wouldn't be discussing you know what is wrong with SU and where do they go from here and can they get to a bowl game they'd be five and two with five games left right you and even if it didn't look great you would feel a whole lot better than where than where you are now. Right, they could have won those two games. They could have won thirty to twenty-seven and seventeen to sixteen, and you wouldn't feel great about it. Well, maybe you would. We'd be 30, like, man, they're five and with, two. With the thirty to two, thirty to twenty-seven game, you might feel good, but uh, or they could have won twenty-eight, twenty-seven, and seventeen, sixteen. Right? If they, had say they scored got, on that last possession, in NC State, you'd be feeling good about right. that. You'd be like, man, the character they showed, and the way yeah, they exactly. You would you would talk yourself into feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you'd be like Devito they, just you know didn't play well, but you know he just he pulled a victory out of the clutches of defeat. Like what a you know great character, and he's doing this as a redshirt sophomore, and every, everybody around here would be excited if the record said five and two instead of three and four. Everybody around here would be excited. Instead, we're starting the show today saying, where do they go from here? Can they make it to a bowl game? Can they scratch and claw their way to six? 315-437-7644. Brendan in Manlius is kicking us off on the show today. Hey, Brendan. Hey guys, I think we've got to be really careful penciling in BC for a win potentially when they beat a team we lost to already yeah. by three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm but with you. Yeah, it's 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 not good. I mean, I I thought about this the past couple of days, and I, I think that, and this isn't even really a positive reflection, so to speak, but it's just a reflection nonetheless. Chiefs football has been. I think average is probably being a little bit generous for the past 15 years. Last year, they blew everybody's expectations out of the water. They did incredible, had incredible accomplishments. All the stars aligned for the team. You had a good Coda Martin came in from the SEC and provided depth on the offensive line. Dungy was a senior, third year in the program under Babers, and really knew what he was doing. I hate to say it, and I'm not like totally jumping off the bandwagon just yet, but maybe this is just back to what this program really is. Maybe they are just a mediocre program, and they attract mediocre talent, and maybe six wins is going to be the goal for Syracuse football You know, for, for the future. I think the 10 wins last year was outstanding. I'm just not convinced that we were having a trajectory based on what they're doing this year, that that's the norm for this program. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that changes. But the reality is, if you look at the past, what, 15 years, what, were 13 of them bad? 12 of them? Something along those lines? So Yeah, I think you might have been generous from- saying uh, average over that time. Brendan. Exactly. So, so maybe it's maybe it's that's just where we're at as a program. You know, I, I, I this is going to sound really harsh, and I think Coach Babers is a good football coach. But am I wrong to say that he's had very little of his own recruits put any real uh, thumbprint on this program? 
Amba Adetawu was one of the best receivers. He was a transfer from Maryland. I wouldn't consider him a recruit necessarily. We all know about Eric Dungy. I believe Irvin Phillips was a uh, he was a good good uh, back, and he did good, some good things out of the backfield. I think he was a Scott Schaefer recruit. I think Steve Ishmael, if I'm not mistaken, was a Scott Schaefer he was. recruit. Like again, not to completely annihilate this coaching staff, but I'm not. I, I honestly, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a single meaningful difference-making offensive player that this this staff has brought in since they come here. And enough time has, has happened, but can they get to six wins? I think absolutely not. I think I saw a stat that they're like one of four teams that hasn't beaten a Power 5 conference. You're like, it's not like you're like in the middle of the pack. They're towards the they're like at the bottom of the barrel with a lot of this stuff. One of four teams not beat a power five. Given up, I think, the most sacks in the entire country. Bottom 10% in rushing yards. I, I, I think for good reason they won't be favored in any more games. I don't know. I, I, it's hard to fathom how they took such a huge step backwards, but the proof's in the pudding. We've had enough time to reflect and see where they're at. Appreciate you checking yeah. in, Brendan. Um, you know, good call there. And, and listen, I wasn't penciling in BC as a win. I was just saying if they're going to get the six, that's, that's got to be one yeah. that's that, that goes in the win column. Um, I, I don't think that fans here need to be resigned to this is just what SU football is and, and six wins and, and a bowl game is is the most we can hope for You know, on a regular basis. I, I really don't think that's the case. Um, I think this year has been affected so much you know, I'll go back to the offensive line. I'll go back to what Julian Wiggum said before the season started. We kind of looked at him funny when he said it. You know, he said if the offensive line is not good, then this has the potential to be a really bad season. And he yeah. said it. He said it just as plain as that. And he said there's no in between. It's either going to be a really good season or a really bad season. It comes down to the O line and the play of the quarterback, but specifically the O line. He was right on the money. I think when they figure out the O line thing. I think this this team, especially given the conference right now and how much parity there is and how how mediocre the conference is from top to bottom, other than Clemson, I think they absolutely can win. You know, seven, eight. You know, pop to to a nine win season every now and then. Uh, let's get another phone call in. Uh, Wayne in the truck up next on the show. Hey, Wayne. Hey, uh, you know, I, I I was just thinking about it. If we go back to uh, the the week between week one and week two, Dino told us this. He said the Maryland roster was better than, than the Syracuse roster across the board. And, and I thought that was an odd statement. And, and the problem is, is none of us thought Maryland was any good. And we thought that we were pretty good. But he tried it. He, he told us. This, and, and we all should have been smart enough to, to catch on to that. And then you just mentioned Julian's statement. Uh, Julian Wiggum is great at reading football and talking about football. I wish, we, I wish he was on more. But, uh, he told us too. It's either really good or it's really, really bad. Maybe we start. We need to start listening more to the people who know than, than yeah, Wayne, I'll, looking to. Wayne, I'll I'll back up on on one thing on, on the Maryland thing. Uh, they're three and four right now with back to back losses to Purdue and Indiana. Uh, I'm not saying that they're great, uh, you know, but. You know, I, I I'm not saying that they're terrible, but I I don't think that they're as good as as what they were at the beginning of the year. They've lost four of their last five games, also. Right. So that, I mean, that should have raised red flags with us, anyway. But um, and and uh, a quick little nugget. Uh, when Pat called yesterday, I didn't think you guys misrepresented me, but I did like his idea of more Wayne in the truck and less Pat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you checking in, Wayne. Um, 
Good, good stuff as always. Um, you know, getting back to the to the recruiting thing for a moment, I, we kind of we kind of glossed over that. I, I don't think this is a recruiting thing at all. And I, I think you look at you know who Dino has brought in. You know, he's brought in some really good football players. You know, Andre Cisco and Ify Melifonwu, and um, you know, on down the list, Trill Williams. Uh, you know, Taj Harris, Nikeem Johnson. Tristan Jackson, Abdul Adams, you know, he brought in DeVito. There's a there's a lot to like about the players he's brought in. I think the big question mark is, you know, this year, it, so much has been affected by the offensive line. And they have to figure that out. And yeah. Dino knows they have to figure it out. Um, we do need to take a timeout. So if you're on hold, give us a call back after we talk to Stephen Bailey. we got to get to Stephen next. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We've got Floyd Little set to join us at the top of hour number two. Tim LaCastro, Major League Baseball player. Uh, on at 1.30. We'll talk World Series with Tim. He's back in town being honored in the city of Auburn. I see guys well, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Go Bombers. Uh, we'll get into that uh, in hour number two. Uh, always great catching up with Stephen Bailey. I, I'm with him. I, I don't think this is a great matchup for Syracuse at all. And, you know, they, they continue to struggle offensively, uh, even at home. And you take this thing on the road. You mentioned before the break, the Tomahawk chop really annoys you. It is loud there, if nothing else. Um, I think the offensive line is going to obviously continue to struggle. Dino Babers is is looking at everything this week. He's given the backups extra reps. He's going to you know determine if if guys you know should get a shot um, you know on the field come Saturday. That's a tough spot though to put him in uh, to throw him out there you know in in uh, in Doak Campbell Stadium and. Um, you know, seventy thousand people place to there. Break in a new offensive lineman. Yeah, no. it's it's not an easy thing. It's not a great matchup. And Cam Akers running the football, and um, I, I I can see why Florida State is a is a double digit favorite. Yeah, it could get ugly. It could be bad. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Dave in Syracuse, up next on the show. Hey, Dave. Hey guys. Um, yeah, one of the things that uh, Nate just mentioned that I felt the same way is you really wonder where this team, particularly the offense, is mentally right now. I mean, in, in the last two games, I just see defeat all over the guys' faces. They have terrible body language. They're squabbling a little bit. The heads are down. And I almost think, I, I know they still want to win. I know they still have their eye on a possibility of a ball. But I wonder at what point Dino actually goes into the experiment, experimentation stage and starts looking at a couple of the younger guys that he can plug in. Um, maybe to give a shot in the arm, but more to see, uh, give them experience and see what they can do going forward. I think there'll be some of that. I don't think they're at that stage yet because I, you know, they they know how important it is to get to a bowl game this year and to keep the momentum going. And, right. and they still don't have seven losses, so to, they can still make a bowl game. To follow up a ten win season with a five win season, for instance, to 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 get half of the wins from the previous year, I think that would be looked at as as a disaster. Um, and I don't think that's overstating it. I think they know how important it is to to get to a ball game. So it's a good point, Dave. And and you know, I I think there may be some of that. Um, I don't know as if they're going to go in in full look ahead mode until they're mathematically eliminated. I'm with you. I don't think that they can put guys in and start getting guys reps before they uh, before they are not eligible to be in a bowl game. I think that you've got to 
try to get to a bowl game, try to play out the string and scrap and claw your way to six wins. And if you don't get there, well, then maybe you start looking at some guys who are, you know, younger and and start playing some guys who are younger. But if you still have the chance to get to a bowl game, it is really important for this team to get to a bowl game. And I know that the topic of McKinley Williams came up uh, at Dino's press conference yesterday about whether or not he would redshirt. He obviously has not played uh, this year, and and you you have the ability to play four games. So should he be healthy enough? Um, It's been so head-scratching with McKinley Williams. I mean, they targeted... You know, the Clemson game initially, then they targeted the NC State game, and, and here we are a couple weeks removed from the NC State game, and, and there's still no sign that, that he's going to come back. Um, but you've got five games left in the regular season, you know, maybe a sixth if you can scratch and claw your way to a bowl game. Um, you know, I, I think at this point you, you are thinking about, can we redshirt uh, McKinley Williams and, and, so. and preserve a, a year of eligibility I, wh- for him. What was the comment that Dino made yesterday? He hasn't even practiced yet, right? Right. He, and he basically said that he wanted to talk about it publicly, and that's an internal thing, and, and you know, it, it's between him and the kid, and, you know, um, I, I, I get that, and I, I completely understand that, and I respect that, um, but it is a question that I think externally we can we can ask, and it, it makes sense to ask, especially with the new rule that you can play in four games and, and preserve that year. Um, there's only five games left, maybe six. Um, I think there's a, a darn good chance that we're going to see McKinley Williams you know, earn a red shirt for this year. Uh, let's get back on time. Phone lines remain open at 315-437-7644. We went kind of long with Stephen Bailey for good reason. Um, you know, he, was, he was providing some great insight. But let's get back on time. We'll, uh, we'll recap and uh, wrap up hour number one right after this on ESPN Radio. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. Next question. This is Next Question on Orange Nation. All right, we wrap up hour number one by bringing in our producer, Tommy Hogan, for Next Question. What's up, Tommy? I'm shaking off the rust here. It's been a while. We've had a lot to talk about. We gave I you understand. the three-day weekend yesterday. I get it. I understand. Kind of. I'm all right with it. There's a so, lot of people upset about what's going on with the, with the football so team. So like the Washington Nationals, you are well-rested. Sure, the rest, rest versus rust. Yeah. We'll see what, what I've got here. Yeah, go for it. Uh, we'll we'll go to some NFL football. It's been Syracuse dominated the last two and a, or show and a half now, and we'll start. I'll fetch you. I'll fetch you a bone, Steve, and we'll start with your Buffalo Bills. Okay. The identity of the but we're gonna uh, let me lay out what this is first. It's overreaction or not an overreaction. Okay. The identity of the Buffalo Bills will be revealed next week against the Eagles. Um, I think that's an overreaction. I, I think we already know what the identity is. The identity is that they've got a really good defense. Um, they've been doing just enough on offense, which at some point is probably going to come back and bite yep. them. Um, I think we know what this team is. Listen, the, the game against the Patriots was was not a fluke in, in my mind. Like we, we learned a lot about that team. Their defense is legit. Their defense is legit, and they're going to have trouble scoring points and outscoring teams. Um, I think the Bills are are better than the Eagles. It's a home game. Um, this is a game that I I think they should win. I think that you like you said, Steve. I think you know what they are. Uh, you, you might not like what they are, you know, in certain aspects, particularly offensively. But you know that they've got a defense that can go win you games, and and you know that the offense for the most part this year has done enough to win games. The only time they didn't was when Josh Allen got hurt and went out of the game, um, you know, and, and you lost to the Patriots. But outside of that game, the offense has done enough, more than enough to win games so far this year. The defense has been really good. Um, I think you know what the Bills are. I don't think you have too many questions about what they are and, and where they stand. They're 6-1 right now. They've beat up on a lot of teams that aren't very good. But at the same time, uh, you can only play the teams that are laid out for you. 
Um, and it's not like all of a sudden they're going to start playing better teams. Uh, they're they're going to continue playing some teams that aren't very good. So they're in a fantastic position through seven games to go ahead and make the playoffs. They're six and one uh, with five and one. With five. Sorry, sorry. Five and one with with still a a weak schedule ahead of them. The Buffalo Bills, the teams that they've beaten, have a combined record of six and twenty-seven, and sure. that's why I think this game is a game. Oh, the Eagles will, are what three and four. Right, but they are. They're better than any team they've beaten. They are better than any team that the Bills have beaten yet this season. So if they can beat the Buffalo Bills, or if they can beat the Eagles, well, but then I think they are legit. If they lose I, the Eagles, then I think that they were and the, and they just beat up on the teams. And Tommy, that, that's the easy schedule on the. Tommy, that's fine. But but listen to the the schedule after the Eagles game. All right, they've got the Redskins, Redskins next. Yeah. They've got the Browns. They've got the Dolphins. They've got the Broncos. They've that's got the, They've got the Cowboys who are better. They've got the Ravens who are better. The Steelers aren't good. The Patriots are good. And they finish with the Jets. They've got a lot of games. I'll, I'll count the Redskins, the Browns, the Dolphins, the Broncos, uh, the Steelers, and the Jets as six more games that they can go win. You're like they they don't have a difficult schedule. They've only got a handful of challenging four, baby. games. I like how you just laid that I, out. So I agree even with that. Even if you don't win this weekend, you don't you count this weekend as a loss. You count the Cowboys and the Ravens and the Patriots as losses. That's four. That's eleven and five on the season. My question wasn't are they a playoff team or not. My question is if their identity would be shown next week. Meaning, well, can they be a fraud? They could still be a fraud and make the playoffs because of that schedule. Could. That's my point. And, and if they, they lose this week. They are a fraud. If they win this week, then I will buy them as a legitimate playoff. Team. Okay, timeout. So I, I disagree with you. I, I I agree with your fundamental statement there, but I disagree with with how you're putting it because they could lose this week, and to me, it, it wouldn't change the identity. The identity of this team is that they have a, a really good defense and that they're inconsistent offensively. I mean, we, identity we in saw, terms of fraud or not a fraud. Okay, well, we saw they needed to to win that game in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, right? So they they have the ability to sleepwalk at times. They're not great offensively. And again, I think we know that. We know what their flaws are. We also know what their strengths are, and their defense is good enough to win games. Going on the road and beating Tennessee, and I know you're going to say Tennessee's not that good. Tennessee just won a game this weekend, though. And to go on the road and to to dig deep and to come back, again, I think that showed us something about the Bills. So are they a top-five team in the NFL, no, and and I'm not pretending that they are. Um, but I think that you know they could be a top ten team in the NFL and still lose this weekend to a you know a decent Eagles squad. Um, they're they're they've shown that they're inconsistent. Um, I think they go out and win. It's a home game, and I I do think that they're better. Um, but if they lose, I don't think it means that they're a fraud. I, okay, that's where we differ because I think if they lose to the Eagles, they are just a team that beat up on their. Easy opponents. If they beat them, then I think, all right, they beat up on the well, easy opponents, but they're also a legitimate five. It would make them a six in one team. And again, I, I think it's fine though that they can beat up on their bad opponents. Not not because they have a weak schedule, but because in the NFL there are what seven 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 or eight teams that we think are really good somewhere in that range. There's like seven or eight teams that we think are really good, and I think that the bottom half of the league, the bottom fifteen teams, aren't good. You know, so uh, it, there are a lot of teams that are just going to chew up and spit out bad teams. The Patriots are are seven and zero right now, and they're going to probably over the course of the year just you're going to look at it and be like, oh well, yeah, they just beat the Jets twice and the Giants. Yep. Like they, they don't Dolphins play twice. anybody. Can hard. I jump in here? I, I think you're getting hung up on who the Bills have beaten because their their best game was against the Patriots, and I know this is a league that that doesn't give credit for moral victories. I understand that. But in terms of your your assessment of this team, I don't know how much of that game you watched. I, I, 
Did None. you think it was a okay? It was not a fluke. Like no. the Bills were the better team that day. I, you, I was there. I, I watched okay. it in person. The Bills outplayed them. Josh Allen got hurt in the fourth quarter. They were driving to to take the lead. I don't know if they win that game or not, but they were the better they team. They were that at day. home. Do things you count, went right. Do you count the Patriots as a? You fluke think it's a fluke? They've... I'm telling you, it wasn't for four quarters. Here's, I mean, the Patriots are really good. I mean, did you watch I, them last night? That's where I get, I don't. They play the Jets that. I mean, here's Sam Darnold was horrible. The Patriots had something to do with defense. Here's what I was going to throw out: the Patriots, the Patriots this year have beaten the the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, the Redskins, the Giants, the Jets. I agree with you. Like, yes, I, I'm not. I think they're legit. I think they're really good. And they went out last night and they got Mohamed Sanu. Like, they are, they are good. The third best receiver. You don't think they're the best team in the in the in the? I was going to say in the country. You don't think they're the best team in the NFL? Uh. No, I think the Packers and, and the Saints are better, right up. They better might, than the Patriots. They might, yes. Okay. The Patriots often not very good. Right now, you they've beaten nobody. I hate 30, the Patriots as much as you do. Their defense has scored a lot of those 35, points. I hate the Patriots as much as you do, but you're not being honest. If you don't think right this second they're the best team. In the, I mean, th- their defense, they, they've scored more points. Their defense has scored more points than the opponents. List, list off the opponents <laughs> again, Seth. I'm just saying, Tommy. That's my point. That's they've not, played nobody. You don't do that by accident. They've played nobody. Nobody. Okay. Josh Rosen. We got to get to Floyd. We have to get to Floyd. I couldn't even get to the Colts. <laughs> we'll bring you back later. Jeez. You, you can get back to that. But you are not no, being honest. If you are if you are going to sit here with a straight face and tell me the Patriots right this second are not the best team They've in the NFL. Nothing. Adam Gase. All right. Good job, Seth, turning off his microphone. We got to get to Floyd Little next.